With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and still joined by Rivals.com's Mike Farrell. And Mike, uh, over the break here, we were talking about uh, just Nebraska recruiting in general. And, and just from your view, I mean, you've kind of witnessed the falling of Calabrasca and now the falling of the Florida kids here, particularly in Miami. What is just your 10,000-foot view of, of those situations and you know why, particularly the, the latest one with these Florida kids, wh- why did it fail with these Miami kids um, like Marcus Fleming and Jaden Francois and Ronald Delancey and some of the recent ones that have left Lincoln? Well, here's the thing. If you go off to a place that is far away and it's completely opposite of what you're used to, so Miami to Lincoln, um, weather, culture, everything, and things don't go your way instantly, and, and you're not catered to the way you are at, say, an Ohio State in Columbus where you know you're going to be a pro. You know you're going to win 12 games. You know you're going to be in the playoffs. You know this, that, the other. This, these guys, they just bail. They stop working. They, they, they look around, and they're like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? And instead of just digging down deeper and becoming – you know, more determined and better players, they just quit and they just transfer. And that's kind of what you see from California. And now it's kind of what you see from Florida. It's a very risky proposition unless you're, uh, you know, Iowa does a good job of it. Minnesota does a good job of it, but they're taking three-star kids traditionally to take a four-star from South Florida to Nebraska. You better a, you know, coddle to him. B you better see the field immediately and C you better win that's what they want and if not they'll just bolt were you surprised i mean marcus fleming and Jaden francois i mean the little you probably got to follow their recruitment and and just the miami northwestern guy in general i mean a were you surprised they got like four four stars last year to come up here from miami then b were you surprised pretty much all of them already left uh very surprised that they landed them and very surprised that they all left now if you said like two out of four left then I'd be like, well, okay, you know, you take your shot. But all of them, that's that's the situation. Now, again, you could say it's a pandemic, it's COVID, maybe you want to be closer to home, blah, blah, blah. I still think this would have happened in a non-pandemic year where these guys probably wouldn't have stuck. And, and I think the transfer portal has made it so easy for kids to give up. Unfortunately, it's almost like every NCA rule that's passed kind of backfires. Um, the portals made it easier for kids to just give up and quit and just go someplace else. Uh, and I think that's probably the last thing they need. Now I don't want them stuck where they don't want to be. And I don't want them to have to sit out a year for no reason, but I do think that the portal itself, just giving all access to every place 
uh, is not the best idea for kids like that who are going far from home. Mike, when you study the portal and, and what you know about it now, how many Power 5 kids, like if you had to just throw a ballpark percent, how many Power 5 kids end up at another Power 5 typically if you had to throw out a percent? Uh, well, I would say it's probably 20%, and it's not a high percentage. Um, usually when a Power 5 kid goes in, the first thing I do is I check his background to see has he got any off-field issues. And then the second thing I check is see why he didn't you know, project or, or, or succeed at the school he was at. And then I do an estimate as to is this a group of five or is he dropping to FCS or lower? Um, and then I do the opposite for the FCS and the, and the group of five kids. Can they jump up to the power five level? Crossing power five to power five doesn't happen as often as you think. Um, Cause there's just not room and people don't want to take a chance on a kid that's underachieved at a school when they could take a chance on a kid who's overachieved at a smaller school. And, and that's the work ethic that comes into play. So, you know, if you're a power five kid, you jump in the portal, there's a very good chance you're dropping a level in competition. When we're talking here to Mike Farrell here, as we discuss uh, the transfer portal and, and that rule of 25, I mean, I, I think it's becoming more and more an issue. It used to be, you know, it was hard to always sign 25, but now 25 is not enough because of the portal. I mean, do you envision eventually that there's going to be some sort of credit you get for portal losses or maybe you get like half a number per? So if you lose two in the portal, maybe you get one back so you can take 26 or just something to help teams because getting to a healthy 85 with the rule of 25 seems like it's almost next to impossible. Well, I think, and it, we're in an economic downfall right now, obviously with the pandemic, but I, I think a perfect world is, is increasing the number of scholarship players on each roster. Now, the problem is for every school that can afford to do that, there's a couple that can't afford to do that. Um, but, you know, I don't want to get into what we see sometimes in hockey or some of the non-revenue sports where it's, uh, you know, I'll give you a two for four. So, you know, we're going to put you on scholarship for two years and two years you're paying yourself. Um, and I don't want to see you lost two to the portal. So you get one full one back. That's kind of that can be manipulated. Um, and, and the smartest people in the world um, are, are going to be hired to manipulate that if that occurs. Uh, what we've got here is we've got cap space in college football. That's what we've got. We've got free agency and cap space. And now you're going to start to see analysts hired to negotiate that and deal with that. The problem is fitting 85 into a box where about a hundred should be, is going to be a big challenge. So you mentioned you have to sign 25. I think you sign less and, and hold back six or seven scholarships for the portal. And, and that's what some schools are doing. Um, whereas other schools are just filling up. So different strategies are going to lead to different results, and it's going to be just a mess. So you've at the group of five level, like at an FAU or an FIU, where you know there's just tons of talented kids from Florida that want to come back home. I mean, that to me, it seems like that is their approach now. Like we got to hold back five or ten for kids that don't make it at Nebraska or don't make it um, in the Midwest or somewhere far away from home. Yeah, but also at the power five level, that's that's being done as well. I talked to Herm Edwards on signing day. Um, Arizona State, you know, in their cap management of free agency, as he calls it, are holding back six scholarships this year alone for the portal itself. 
Um, and they're obviously not a group of five school where kids would just drop down and go back home. They're a power five school that's actually had a fairly good amount of success over the last couple of years. But they see so many valuable kids going into that portal that they look at that and say, okay, I've got six kids here in high school that are maybe our B, C list guys or C, D list guys. Do I want to go on them and take a chance that they're going to develop or do I want to hold those five or six scholarships for someone that I know can play at the college level from that group of five or FCS? And and his strategy is to hold those scholarships back. And there's other schools doing that too. So it really depends on your strategy. And Mike, you mentioned a coach. I wanted to ask you about another coach, uh, the new hire in the Big Ten, Brett Bielema. Are you buying or selling that one? Do you think he can refine the magic he had at Wisconsin, or was that magic all because of Barry Alvarez, and we're going to find out maybe it's going to look like Arkansas, but he's going to probably have a harder time getting recruits to Illinois? Yeah, it's going to be Arkansas. I think it's a good hire because he's an experienced guy, and he's been at the Big Ten level recruiting rather than taking a chance on you know some group of five coaches had one good year. Um, but they're not going to really go anywhere. So I think it's a good stopgap. Have Bielema in there for three years, four years, let him. The problem is that he's going to build his roster his way, which means there's going to be massive offensive linemen, lots of running backs and lots of game managers at quarterback. And then the new guy is going to come in and try to put in a spread. And it's going to take the new guy two years to undo everything. But he's not going to have the success that they need at Illinois. It's not going to be Wisconsin. That was Alvarez. Um, but again, I, I don't think they could have got a better hire when you're talking about a guy who can come in and maybe make them relevant right away. Um, but the West is getting better. Uh, and that's an issue. <laughs> How about Jeff Brom though? I mean, that one has really cooled off. I mean, he fires Bob Diaco after one season. Uh, they had massive guy, a number of players opt out right before the Nebraska game. His star has really fallen, and now Rondell Moore is obviously off to the NFL. They do have David Bell back next year, um, but he's kind of got an interesting 2021 ahead of him. Yeah, and he was a guy, you know, everybody was talking about for the Louisville job, of course, but also the Tennessee job, a lot of different jobs he was linked with now. His star isn't shining as much, but, you know, listen, hiring Bob Diaco was the problem, and <laughs> if, if you don't know not to do that, then I can't help you because... Diaco had success at Notre Dame, okay? And, and everything came together that year with that tremendous defense of theirs. Beyond that, he's just a wild card and always has been and just one of those quirky guys that has a system that will work one out of six times. So that's kind of on Brom if he didn't know that. And if that's going to be part of what hurts him, then he kind of made his own bed with that one. Well, Mike, uh, we appreciate the time here and uh, hope you had a good holiday and have a happy new year here. And I'm sure the lovely uh, subscribers here on the Red Sea Scrolls are going to look forward to hearing what you had to say here on the show. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to swing by one day and just say hi to all of them and see if they hate me or love me that day. But it's really one of my favorite message boards because it is absolutely insane it's 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 complete insanity, as you know. Well, I'm holding all your Christmas cards for you, Mike. So next time I see you, I'll, I'll drop them off. I'm sure there's at least a bunch of coal, right? (laughs) All right. Well, more to come here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show.